0: This is the Retirement Detective Podcast, where we dive into cases with Philip Mock, Chartered Financial Analyst and Certified Financial Planner Professional, to solve common retirement and financial planning questions. Get insight into how to solve quandaries that appear on the path to and through retirement, ideas on how to approach savings and investing for retirement, and how to plan for retirement in a tax-efficient manner. Now, here's your host and lead retirement detective, Philip Mock. Hi, everyone. It's Philip Mock with the Retirement Detective Podcast. In today's episode, we're going to wrap up our series on alternative investments by talking about a couple of different strategies that fall under the umbrella of hedge funds. Hedge funds are certainly... um, An alternative, but I think probably for most people, still something that is either out of reach or that you would access through a mutual fund. The ones that I'm going to talk about today are all accessible through mutual funds potentially, but are complicated and nuanced. So everything we talk about today should be considered carefully. You need to review prospectuses and talk to your advisor to see if it's appropriate for you. But I'm just going to give you a little primer on a couple of these and then we'll wrap this episode up. Next week, we will pick up a new topic and I'm honestly looking forward to moving on and perhaps you are too. But this has been a fun tour of alternative investments. But for today, we will pick up our final episode by talking about hedge funds. Hedge funds are sort of a catch-all, in my opinion, for something that's not a stock, not a bond, not a commodity, not real estate, not private equity. If it's something else, then it's probably lumped into hedge funds. Hedge funds have been around a long time. They're private, usually accessed by only the most exclusive of investors, typically associated with higher fees. But over time, I think the definition has changed. Originally, hedge funds were just that. They were a hedge against whatever you could think of. They would move at times rapidly and in great proportion among different asset classes, kind of moving where they saw fit in an effort to generate a return that was tied to nothing, basically. It was a hedge for everything. Now I think it's a little more generalized and uh, really accounts for some of these strategies that don't really fit in to any other category. And really you could fit in just about anything into this bucket that doesn't fit into one of the others. But today I wanna isolate by talking about just a couple uh, hedge fund strategies that are, are, are the more common ones, I guess. Alright, so hedge funds, let's talk about the, the challenging parts too. So let's start there. Now, last week we talked about private equity and private equity funds, and one of the characteristics in private equity, in addition to also being an asset class that is sophisticated and warrants discussion with your advisor, hedge funds have similarities in terms of the deal structure and the compensation structure. So like private equity, you're, you're buying into a fund that's probably organized as a, some sort of limited partnership. So there's a lot of agreements that go along with investing. You can't just like push a button on your computer screen like you can when you're buying a stock or a fund when you're buying one of these, it's almost like buying into a company in a way and you have subscription documents. They're lengthy, complicated attorneys are involved. Um, but once you're an owner, the fee structure to the manager is pretty similar to private equity. You're looking at probably around 2% management fee, and then the manager will take a, around 20% share of profits is sort of the industry standard. Now, of course, a particular fund may have a higher or lower management fee and a higher or lower share of profits, but those are kind of the... Industry standards. And like I mentioned in private equity on the last episode, we call that 2 and 20. And it's the same in the hedge fund world. Also, similar to private equity, hedge funds are a long term commitment. When you invest in a hedge fund, you are planning to put your money away for a long time with them. They will uh, typically have a stated lockup period, and you would not be able to get any sort of redemption during that time, which is partly why it's best suited for institutional investors or really affluent investors that have capital they can set aside for a long period of time. But beyond that, private equity and hedge funds are quite different. Private equity, you're really buying into basically non-public companies, but you're still buying into a company. It functions as a company. You want them to build more products or expand their services and grow profits in a way so that they're profitable. Hedge funds are typically very different. Hedge funds are usually ways to isolate a particular strategy or opportunity that exists in the market, squeeze as much profit out of it as possible, and then move on to the next one. So to kind of walk through that, let's talk about one of the more common ones, and that's convertible arbitrage. So convertible arbitrage is, number one, a common hedge fund strategy, but I am aware of a few mutual funds that offer this. I won't say their name, but they're out there. When you have a convertible, so let's talk about what a convertible is first. There is convertible bonds, there are convertible preferred stocks, and those are usually what we're talking about when we're talking about convertibles. A convertible bond is a bond, a fixed income instrument that at a certain point, the holder has the right to convert into a certain number of shares of the underlying stock. So if we had some imaginary company, uh, let's call it Oak Tree Corporation, and let's say Oak Tree Corporation issues convertible bonds, and you are a holder of five of those bonds. Well, there's probably in the bond document a ratio that says at, under the certain conditions, you can convert your five bonds to a certain number of shares of Oak Tree Corporation stock. And maybe let's say the ratio is two to one. So you have five Bonds, you would then have 10 shares of stock if you elected to convert all of them. Convertible preferred stock is when you own preferred stock, which is something I don't think we've talked about on this podcast yet, but common stock is typically the stock you hear the most about when you're you know, buying a stock online. It's It's sort of the bottom tier of ownership, also the most common form of ownership, hence the name. But preferred stock is one rung higher in terms of the ownership level, generally has more fixed income-like characteristics. It has a higher coupon, also doesn't move up and down in the market quite as much. Um, But importantly, in the event of bankruptcy, preferred stockholders are generally paid out first before common stockholders. So that's one of the biggest risks with common stock is that If there's a bankruptcy, common stockholders get paid last. But for today's discussion, convertible arbitrage is looking for odd things in the market, anomalies and arbitrage opportunities that exist in convertible bonds and convertible preferred stock. So I don't want to dive into exactly what the strategy is because it is risky, but but basically sometimes there are opportunities where maybe the bond is really undervalued. And so you could take advantage of that and utilize a strategy on the stock so that when it converted, um, you would effectively hedge against changes in the price of one or the other. Like I said, I don't want to dive into the strategy itself because uh, I wouldn't want someone to attempt to replicate it, but but the convertible feature creates, let's just say, unique opportunities to harness other strategies like options uh, to lock in return streams that you might not be able to with a more traditional bond or traditional stock. And there are, are at times conditions in the market where there are opportunities to pull some of these levers that basically generate either exceptional returns or returns for a very short period that um, that might be exceptional. So that's that's one style of hedge fund that's pretty common is the convertible arbitrage strategy. Another one that sounds similar but is very different is merger arbitrage. And this one is similar in that it's identifying Uh, temporary mispricings in the market, but this time it's based on two companies that have agreed to do a deal with each other. Either they're merging or one is buying the other. It's a takeover. Um, There are opportunities in the market and some historical conditions that exist when companies announce these things, and so merger arbitrage funds go in and attempt to capitalize on that short price anomaly. And it typically wouldn't last longer than the, the deal being potential in the sense that once the deal either closes or fails, that window of opportunity also closes. But for a period in history, um, there are some, some ways you can take advantage of uh, the pricing mis- mismatch when mergers are announced. Another one that's pretty common is called a market neutral strategy so it is sort of as it sounds it's a way to lock in the returns of a specific stock or group of stocks and are structured in a way that you're taking out almost all of the the overall market risk so that you're really just locked in on the return streams of those stocks so maybe you find that a uh the the market neutral fund manager finds that a particular stock or group of stocks are just horribly mispriced and they really want to take advantage of it, but they really don't want additional exposure to the portfolio from the overall market. So a market neutral fund uses uh, derivatives and some other things to basically isolate the return stream of the stock and just completely do away with Uh, any market impact. This one I know does exist in a mutual fund format, so that's something you could check out. Uh, Be sure to read the prospectus and make sure you determine it's appropriate for you and talk to your advisor, but those certainly exist. And the last one that I just want to mention is um, Global Macro. So Global Macro is pretty common. Um, It's, as the name kind of sounds, as sort of all these are. Um, They're sort of a go anywhere, do anything fun that through derivatives, through direct ownership, through other means are basically going out and saying, we are trying to identify the best opportunities that exist across all markets, commodities, currency, equity, fixed income, and we will move to whatever area we feel is best. And at times that works pretty well and other times not so much, but that's also one that exists both, both in a hedge fund format and in a mutual fund format. And then lastly, this one's kind of a, uh, you know, not a, not really a category of its own, but there are some funds whose specialty is combining multiple strategies under one fund. So you might have a fund that does both convertible arbitrage and merger arbitrage or a fund that does market neutral and global macro or they do global macro and merger arbitrage. But it's kind of a combination and we call those a fund of funds approach. It's sort of like layers of layers of funds. Now, key thing to think about on all of these, they're not plain vanilla. They are complicated. And if you don't understand it, you should pause and get some help to understand it before you consider investing. Also, as far as whether or not it's appropriate for you, I have no idea and I would not recommend any of these to anybody uh, unless you were certain that it was appropriate for you. All of these involve higher fees than what you would find in a regular average index fund for the equity markets. So keep that in mind. And also the way that they either do well against the market or do poorly against the market is pretty nuanced. And you need to know when you want to use one of these and when you don't. And that's kind of complicated. But if you've ever heard hedge fund, I just kind of wanted to put some clarity around what that really means. And it's really nothing more than some of these unique strategies that are meant to identify odd times in the market or odd pricing mismatches and then sort of goes all in to squeeze out as much profit as they can from this thing while it exists and then they move on to another opportunity that they find. All right, well, that was a really quick episode on hedge funds to kind of wrap up this last episode of our series on alternatives. Next week, we will be Moving on to something else, and I look forward to it, and I hope you do too. If you haven't been to our website, go check it out at www.retirementdetective.com. We'll see you next week. This recording strictly is for informational, educational, and entertainment purposes only and should not be considered investment advice. Opinions expressed are as of the date of recording. Such opinions are subject to change. The views and opinions of guests on this program are not necessarily those of the Retirement Detective Podcast. The Retirement Detective Podcast is not affiliated with any guest or his or her business affiliates unless otherwise stated. The Retirement Detective Podcast does not guarantee the accuracy or the completeness of the data presented herein. Retirement Detective Podcast shall not be responsible for any trading decisions, damages, or other losses resulting from or related to the information, data analysis, or opinions, or their use. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. All investments are subject to investment risk, including possible loss of principal. Individuals should seriously consider if an investment is suitable for them by referencing their own financial position, investment objectives, and risk profile before making any investment decisions. This podcast is not a solicitation to purchase or sell securities or a solicitation for advisory services. This podcast is not engaged in rendering legal, financial, accounting, or other professional services, and nothing in this podcast should be relied upon as rendering legal, financial, accounting, or other professional services. Philip Mock is not a detective or law enforcement officer, and any reference to such is for entertainment purposes only.